Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life After the Block. I'm Chloe Brooks-Kissler. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Jacques Black, CC Class of 2020. During his time at CC, Jacques was on the basketball team and studied creative writing, and he is now an award-winning poet. He recently won the Rattle Chapbook Prize for his book, The Morning You Saw a Train of Stars Streaking Across the Sky. Thank you for being here, Jacques yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to relive some of my moments at CC. Awesome. It's great to have you here. So first off, I just want to ask, what made you want to come to CC? Yeah, so I knew in high school that going to college, I wanted to play college basketball somewhere. And I was actually playing with a club team in Denver. And the CC coach, um, Andy Partee, reached out to me at the time. So I asked my club coach, like, what do you know about this school? And he said, it's a really good academic school. Academics is also so important for me. Um, so I responded. Uh, we scheduled a visit. I went and visited CC. And that was actually the first school I visited. And I visited, like, two or three other schools. But CC set such a high bar because the campus is just incredibly gorgeous. Um, and I really love the block plan, block plan also. Uh, I love Denver. I love being in Colorado. So... Those were, those were the main themes, the academics, beautiful campus, the block plan. Um, and plus, the coach had a lot of confidence in me as a basketball player, and he made it very clear from the beginning that I was one of their top recruits, and they really wanted me. So, yeah, that was that was really it. Basketball kind of. It was kind of like fate, kind of. It all yeah. clicked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, during like my senior year basketball banquet, we had to give a speech and I was like, man, people always ask me why I came to CC. And I'm always like, it was where I was meant to be because everything just worked out perfectly. Uh, how was it playing basketball at CC? Cause like, I, I don't know many athletes and I feel like they're kind of like mm-hmm. a separate part because you guys <laughs> had to travel so much, especially during yeah. the block plan. So how did you handle that? Yeah, I loved it. I think like being on the basketball team there, has given me some of my lifelong friends that we still talk to to this day. Um, like these are the guys I'm going to invite to my wedding one day, hopefully be in their wedding one day. And just like, we're going to be in like each other's like big life events for the rest of our lives. So that was great. Um, I think maybe the first semester there, or first two semesters there, it was definitely a struggle getting used to the block plan, the rigor, and the amount of homework I have to do plus lifting and practice. Um, overall though, I enjoyed it because that's what I was passionate about. Um, and I think I've always been at the very least, at least good at school, if not passionate about school. So overall it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it just taught me a lot about getting your work done, staying on top of the things and trying to enjoy it along the way too. Was there an aspect of CC other than the block plan, of course, that you felt couldn't be found at another school like the other schools you visited? Mm, yeah. So while I was there, I think it was my junior year when like all the national like rankings came out, which I just saw that actually Colorado College is no longer participating in like in like the national rankings. But my, my junior year, Colorado College was ranked number one in innovation. Which, honestly, I don't really know how you measure that. <laughs> I was just thinking, how do you measure innovation? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I think 
the idea or like the essence of innovation at Colorado College is great. Like when I was taking English classes, a lot of the professors would incorporate art. I remember one English class I had, a couple of our classes, we went to the Fine Art Center and looked at and analyzed art. So I really like that. Um, and I think the flexibility of the block plan to like go on field trips or to go to like the Baca campus for like a week and like spend time out in the woods. Uh, so I really love that aspect. Like I'm not really sure how many other schools are allowing their professors to bring in different aspects rather than just traditional English classes. Yeah. Um, and outside from like the sports world, like CC, the student there is also super creative. And I had a lot of poet friends, a lot of spoken word friends and artist friends. Um, so yeah, so I think hanging out with them was really great. And I'm not sure if I would have been able to find as creative people at other colleges. So how your time as a creative writing major at CC shape your career as a poet today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so it definitely all started, I think, with um, the Speak Easy troop, which is like the spoken word troop on campus. Um, you said, how did my creative writing at CC influence my career as a poet? Yeah. Yeah, so I think there, like, I learned how to workshop, specifically speaking about Speak Easy, I learned how to workshop with other people. I learned how to perform. Um, and it was a Speak Easy group that actually gave me the confidence to write poetry, perform my poetry, because I didn't join Speak Easy until my, my junior year. And I remember seeing Speak Easy perform during my freshman orientation. And I thought it was so dope, but I was honestly super intimidated by them. <laughs> um, so I think being a part of that group was really just giving me the confidence to be able to perform, read, and write. And I think also just the freedom to really explore what I want in my writing, because um, a lot of the professors, a lot of the other students at CC really encouraged that instead of pushing us towards one direction. So, yeah, I think the biggest piece is really confidence, figuring out who I am as a writer. As a writer, you always talk about like your voice, like what is my voice? So I think CC really allowed me to explore and find my voice. That's nice. Uh do you have like a certain process when you're writing? Like, did you discover that process while at CC or during your MFA program now? So I think my process is, is similar. So while I was at CC, my process at that time was kind of just mind dumping onto the page and maybe like writing a block of prose. And then from there, like picking out the poetic elements or picking out uh, the lines that I want to use and then working it into a poem from there which is something I still kind of do. But I think another important for my writing process is um, my fate. So now, um, before I begin writing, normally I'll spend some time in prayer. I might read some scriptures. And just to kind of get like my mind and heart ready to like stay focused, stay locked in and stay in a creative place. Um, so I'll start with that. And then from there, just trying to figure out um, what I want to write about. I think another thing I did at CC too that I still do is think of a moment from my life and like my history and memory and sort of dissect it and to see like what does this mean and like the larger picture. So so that's something I still I'll still do that. So for example, like I remember one of my 
uh, favorite pieces that I wrote at CC was about like observing a fly in like my grandma's coffee cup when I was little. But I like wrote about that memory and then asked myself like, what could this mean? And then kind of related it to like the idea of like drowning and like societal pressures and things like that. But like that's just a small example. Yeah. So I'm not like a creative writer at all. And I get intimidated by poetry, especially poetry. <laughs> like I read Dante's Inferno in a complete uh, prose version. Not yeah. So I was just wondering, like, what do you consider is the difference between like poetry and like just writing creatively? Ooh, really good question. Really good question. So the first thing that comes to mind is I'd say the line. So like creative writing. I think for the most part, when people think of creative writing, they'll think of prose. And then for poetry, you'll think of the line. And the line in poetry is really interesting because it gives you this other element to, to play meaning, um, to play with like metaphor. So you can take one sentence and break it up into three lines. So now not only do you have the longer sentence, but each individual line can have a meaning on its own. I think that's one of the biggest differences. How are you using the line? Are you using spacing in your line? Like, how do your lines look on the page? Like, are they moving across the page this way? Are they moving your eye back and forth? So, yeah, so that's one of them is the line. I think another element of poetry that I would really um, mark as a big, big difference, probably like the lyrical nature with prose. Unless it's like a lyrical essay with prose, you want your thought to kind of be completed and clear. Where in poetry, you can kind of leave it ambiguous and unclear. And you might have a line that simply sounds beautiful and speaks to like the larger idea, but is not in itself a complete thought. Yeah. So, See, I think that's where I struggle with reading poetry because <laughs> yeah. I take everything literally. And mm. it, so I, it's so hard for me to be like, oh, there's nuance in this one little word or something like that yeah actually so one of my professors at cc um who was my senior advisor we were reading this book in the class and it was at alice oswald who's incredibly lyrical and i was like i really don't know how to read this or what to take away from it he said um sometimes you need to just like take a line that sounds beautiful and just like put it in your pocket and carry it with you and even though you don't know what it means you know it sounds beautiful and I was like, oh, okay, that's helpful. <laughs> that is pretty helpful. It's always nice to have pretty yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, so true. So going back to like your time experiencing like CC campus life, uh, was there a, like, did you have a favorite spot on campus or and a favorite spot off campus? Like in the Colorado Springs area? Yeah. So on campus, I definitely liked... Uh, the library because I think when I got there I think it was that was the first semester that that library opened and like this the, the library is like they're like when they made it they wanted it to be a collaborative like space which honestly it's kind of counterintuitive because the library can be so loud at times as I was thinking there's I can't work anywhere at the library except for the fourth yeah, floor yeah right and like you see a bunch of people walking by all the time. Um, but I liked it. I liked how 
like it was open. There was a lot of natural light. You have like the cafe in there. So I definitely enjoyed the library. I think when I really needed to lock in and like I didn't need no one talking to me, um, I would go to the fishbowl. Like if I were taking a class that was like really hard and I had an exam or an essay to write, I would go to the fishbowl because it was quiet. Where else? Where else? I'm like, I'm like mentally like walking campus right now trying to remember where <laughs> I would go. The library basement was usually pretty quiet. So that was a good yeah. place. And then off campus, there were a lot of good, a lot of good coffee shops. Now I got to remember the names of these coffee shops. Yeah. I like going to Loyal. There's also this, uh, like little cafe. It's called Sugar's. Oh, Sugar's. Yes. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that place was good too. Especially at night. Cause it would be like mm-hmm. really vibey. It's super cool. I like the whole decorations of it. You know, yeah. the aesthetic. Yeah. So how has your experience as an Indigenous person shaped your time at, at CC, uh, like a predominantly white institution? Yeah, so I think the hardest thing, so I grew up on the Wind River Reservation and just like immersed. Where is that? Um, it's in Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, so I grew up immersed in my tribe's culture. Um and just like the way people speak and interact and talk, like it's just very different than the non-native communities. So I think the hardest part is, you know, like not culturally interacting with other people in that same way. Like, honestly, I kind of joke about it, but it's so true. But like my code switching is so on point. <laughs> like when I'm with people from the rares, I'll talk one way. And as soon as I'm not, like it just switches automatically. Um, so that's like the hardest part just like culturally people don't quite understand um, some of the ways of thinking that I grew up with Uh, but with that being said because I was also so immersed in like the culture of basketball I think because I was part of the basketball team like I was really able to lean into that and you know that was kind of like like a safety net for me um and then another part too, I think I did have some other native friends from Colorado college. Um, I lived in the revitalization, revitalizing hallway. I forget what they called it, but it was a hallway for like natives in the first two years. Nice. So that was really helpful to live with other native kids. Um, and Natsu, the name of American student union was also really helpful. And, um, having the indigenous professors there was also really helpful too. So. I think when times did get hard and I was homesick or I was just maybe in a reservation or anything similar, like I would really lean in, excuse me, I would really lean into that community and lean into those professors. So it wasn't like there was no community there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's good. How was it being in the senior class of 2020? Oh man, that is a great question. Also a very good question. Um, honestly, it, it sucked after, well, it sucked the entire time because, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> our basketball season had just ended. It was about to be senior spring. Um, like you're all done with most of your classes mm-hmm. in pre-rec, so you're kind of chilling. Um, and they have like all these events lined up for you. Like one of them is the champagne showers. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I remember when they did that early. Yeah. yeah. That was so sad. Um, cause we had gotten the news about like they were going to shut down campus. So then like everyone was like, screw it. We're doing champagne showers today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny because I was kind of like, I'm not going to do it with y'all because like, I, I think we're going to be back on campus. <laughs> um, you were optimistic. I, yeah. <laughs> but I did end up doing it uh, last minute and it was fun. It was great. But it was just also sad because it was like so rushed. Like we didn't think we were going to be back. And then you go from like hanging out with your friends. You're on a high because you're about to finish to going home. <laughs> and it's just like quiet. You're alone. So yeah, so that part was unfortunate, but they moved our graduation back to you. So it was 2021 when they had the actual ceremony. And that was fun because it was honestly like a reunion. Like everybody was back in the Springs. I think we were there for like four days, like hanging out. Um, and that was fun. That was fun. I'm really glad they still had that in person. And I think everyone from the class came back. Maybe a few people who did it, but that part was fun. I think that's like the silver lining in it all is that we had this reunion graduation. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. See, I was a freshman in 2020. <laughs> so I got uh, like the complete opposite where I was just like, right. oh, hey, I'm on school for six months. Now I'm getting kicked off. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was it. I feel like it was way harder for the seniors, super harder. So you said that you had a favorite poem that you wrote at CC, the fly poem, but do you have a poem that like you've written outside of CC that's you would say is your favorite? Yeah. So I think in this program, uh, I'm at a program here at University of Memphis that the, the professors are really good at pushing you out of your comfort zone and really challenging you and um, like forcing you to complicate the way you've written before. So honestly, I think because of my professors here, I might have like two or three poems that I've, I'm really happy I wrote. In fact, tonight is the graduating, uh, graduating class, like third year reading. And I'm trying to figure out different poems that I can read. Cause I feel like I've read these three like so many times, <laughs> but I need, I need some new material to read. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. True, true, true. Uh, I read online that you've been um learning the Arapaho language. Uh, can you explain like how that's going and what made you want to learn it? Yeah. So, so yeah. So my tribe is Northern Arapaho. The native language is the Arapaho language, and it's pretty unfortunate because. I think it's less than 1% of people <laughs> on the reservation who speak fluently. And people know like little words here and there, like thank you, it's Paho. Um, when you're saying hello, it's like habat, you're speaking to a man. Those if you're speaking to a woman, um, I love you, it's be that thing. It's like people know little words and terms like these, but no one really can speak fluently and all the fluent speakers are the elders and what's tough about that is you know unfortunately their time is limited so so yeah so there there's a really big push on the reservation to revitalize the language for the young people to learn it 
so there was one summer I was like, man, I want to take these classes. I want to learn the language because it's a really beautiful language. And, you know, it's important for the culture and for the history for the language to be preserved. So I started taking classes. My grandma, she's a fluent speaker. So I would practice with her. It was honestly really cool because it was a great way to connect with her. My grandpa also speaks fluently. So yeah, so I started taking classes. I started learning a little bit, learning the conjugation. And it is a tough language to learn. But once you sort of learn the way things are formed, the way they're conjugated, it does get easier. Could you relate it to like another language you've learned or studied? Or is it like its own thing? For the most part, it's its own thing because the alphabet, um, it doesn't use like the full English alphabet. Um, I think it's only, yeah, it doesn't use all the language. The alphabet is B, C, E, D, H, I, K, N, O, S, B, T, U, W, X, Y, and then an apostrophe, which is called a style. So, and then like the letter combinations are really different. So like in my name, the double O, instead of making it O, it's an O. Um, and then like two I's make it E sound. So... So the letter combinations make different sounds. Yeah. And it, it has been a little difficult being away from home because I haven't been able to practice as much. Then I'll kind of get rusty. Uh, but one thing that I do really want to do is start incorporating more of the language into my poems. And I've done that with a few of them, but if I could write a full poem and a rap poem one day, that would be cool. Uh, what advice do you have for upcoming CC graduates? Speaking as an upcoming CCT graduate. I would probably say, I don't know how much like CCT students hear this, but like, I would say just be like incredibly proactive with what you want to do for your career, unless you're planning on going back to school, but like be proactive in the sense of like filling out job applications, like doing the research on the jobs that you're applying for and what kind of jobs you want to apply for. Yeah, and just being diligent and like reaching out to people, applying to things, replying to emails. Yeah, I think the same thing for school, like apply early, uh, revise. That's what I would say too. Revise like the <laughs> applications like multiple times. <laughs> like I know it's so easy to procrastinate and like do it last minute and then send it in, but you can write it before and revise it so that it gets stronger each time. Um, I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, I think that's it. I wish I had a more fun piece of advice. <laughs> you say just have fun. <laughs> yeah, have fun. And stay in contact with your friends. Did you, uh, so you took a couple years off of school after graduating or, and then no. went to the, M no, you went straight into I, it. I jumped right into my MFA program, yeah. Nice. Which honestly, it kind of worked out perfect because that first year was remote anyways mm -hmm. so i was just at home anyways so i would just do my classes online nice. yeah but yeah i knew i knew that i wanted to hop right into another program <laughs> is there anything you'd like to add to the interview i think it's so easy to get discouraged on the block line and things are going your way oh uh, so essentially what had happened was i got to cc I thought I wanted to do physical therapy because uh, I love sports. I love working with athletes, like all this stuff. 
So I was like, okay, I'm going to major in like human biology, minor in kinesiology. But I knew that I didn't like science or math. So I took a chemistry class. It killed me. For like three and a half weeks. I was just so sad. Um, and actually, At least it's I only spent, three and a half weeks. <laughs> right? Shout out to the block man for that. Because the whole semester, <laughs> oh my goodness, I would have been done. Um, but I honestly, I failed the class. And I was like, well, I can do this for four years and like force myself and just fake my way through it. Or I can try style mouths, but I was like, I don't think I could do it. So um, then I took this law class. It was like environmental law, and I really liked it. So then I thought, I'll go to law school. So I was like, okay, let me do physical, not physical, um, political science. I tried that. wasn't my thing. It was too boring for me, personally. <laughs> um, so I was like, sociology, psychology, but even those were like too much science. Um, so finally, my junior year, I settled on, well, not settled, but I was like, okay, I'll do English and then go to law school. But then my third block of junior year, I, um, I took a creative writing class and I had always liked creative writing. Like I was on speakeasy at that point. Um, I just never thought it was practical to pursue. But I took that class and I was like, man, I really love this. I don't want to write analytical papers. Let me declare English creative writing. So I did that. And then it was probably like my fourth or fifth block in junior year when I finally decided, okay, I actually want to go get an MFA and not get a law school. So I tell that story because it wasn't until third block junior year that I finally decided on a major. But it worked out, praise the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to today's conversation. This episode was produced and edited by Eli Janes and Cameron Howell. Thank you for listening to Life After the Block from Colorado College. I'm Chloe Brooks-Kissler. Be sure to join us next time.